Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. I'm Mike Zenker, and I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Growing in Grace Ministries Canada and Hope Fellowship, your community church, invite you to enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Still Growing in Grace. Uh, it is a wonderful day today, and I've got a, I've got a great interview for you, except I cheated. Yep, I sure did. Uh, I had a, a conversation with Catherine Toon. She interviewed me for one of her programs uh, on Catherine Toon, her perspectives with Catherine Toon. Uh, you'll see the links in the description below. Make sure you visit her stuff. She's one of the uh, teachers on uh, the Goma Network on uh, Facebook. The um, oh, now I'm now I'm Global Ministry Alliance. Oh my, Global Online Ministry Alliance. I can't believe I stumbled through that. Even with her on the when I did the interview with her. Oops. Anyway, I'll figure it out. Uh, this morning's a really important conversation. Um, it's one that is. It, it's only the first of many. Actually, I've talked about this before on the program here, but. I think this one is a um, one that many, many people are wrestling with. Um, I want to uh, do a follow up after we're after we're finished the the interview. I'll I'll, I'll be back on. I've been pondering um, the topic since I did the interview with her and realized there are some there are some key points that we need to take. I was messaging Bill Thrasher this morning uh, about this and. I, uh, uh, I asked him about a conversation we had with him and Richard Murray because we were talking about deconstruction, questioning our doctrines, and uh, that's what this conversation will be with Catherine today. Uh, I think it's a healthy one. I think it requires maturity and balance, and you'll see that by, by my um, uh, comments at the end. And I'll start off this, the, the, the topic with this. Questioning our doctrines, uh, another buzzword today is, is the uh, term deconstruction which I think is really important, um, although that word can lead to a lot of negative connotations, which I'm going to address afterwards. But I'm going to tell you on the front end, um, deconstruction does not mean destruction, destruction, okay? Very, very different. Um, and the things that may be taken away or seemingly destroyed were never true in the first place. So the, there's something about the underpinnings that are true that are not destroyed. So what is this process about? Well, maybe you're on the same journey as I am. I've been on this for a while, uh, probably 20 years, but more intensely the last five to seven years have been, uh, it's, it's gotten more exciting and uh, yeah, anyway, you'll, you're, you'll hear about this from the interview. So let's let's dive into this. I think you'll enjoy this. Hey, Lisa. Good morning. Um, <laughs> yes, and I'm quoting you, Lisa. <laughs> uh, Bill Thrasher gave me your term, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat and use your term too. So we're gonna have some fun. So you, Lisa, you are included in this discussion. I love it. All right, let's get into this wonderful interview that uh, Catherine and I were on. This is on her program. I'm hijacking it and using it uh, for my program today. She gave me permission to do that. So I did not create this one. This one was her. But we thought, why reinvent the wheel when we have discussions like this? Why don't we just share it on both of our, our programs? Hello from the UK. No way. That's really cool. You must be late at night for you. And, and by the way, Sandra, um, how did you hear about us? I'd love to hear that. Enjoy this really important, very healthy discussion on uh, challenging or revisiting some of our doctrines, our faith, uh, a term deconstructing. What does that mean? Let's, let's get into this. I think you're going to like it. Here we go. All right. Well, hello, everyone. This is Catherine Toon, and I have my good friend, Mike Zenker, on today with Perspectives with Catherine Toon. And I am so excited to finally actually be able to connect. I know you're moving about a thousand miles a minute. Uh <laughs> yeah, it's been crazy. We got the COVID thing going up here. And uh, what I forgot to tell you at the beginning before we started chatting, Ontario, that I, where I live, is, has just gone into a 28-day lockdown. Oh no, I didn't yep. that. I saw the hockey post, but I oh. <laughs> hockey conversant. So I was like, what does that mean exactly? Did you did you get the hockey joke? 
I didn't. I was. This is okay. Like, so here's what happens with Canadian road hockey. This is a, yeah. you're gonna laugh now. If you're on a on a road where cars are coming, you're all playing. Somebody else car, and you have to move the nets, and everybody gets off the road so the car can go through. Right. So when we have a lockdown, it's like car, everybody off the road into your house. It's just <laughs> it's just a. That's now do you get it? Yeah, with cookball, with kickball, we did that, but it, we didn't have nets. Yep. So yes, playing, That's funny. playing in the streets. That's awesome but with the hockey. Well, Mike, I just wanted to introduce you. If you don't know him, uh, he has been a pastor for 30 years and 18 years at, yes, at his church. And he still loves everybody. What a statement right there is a thing of beauty at Hope Fellowship uh, in Elmira, Ontario, Canada. Uh, and good friend, he's, he has such, he's such a font of knowledge and been working through his own growth and deconstruction, reconstruction process, but just has such a pastoral heart, a teacher's heart. And I knew you'd be blessed with him today. So I thought maybe we talk about deconstruction, reconstruction, if that works for you, Mike. I, I think it's an important topic and it has so many layers. I know some people, they bristle at this idea of deconstruction because there's some people deconstructing and are bleeding over everyone. And it's like, they haven't even processed their own faith. They're just blabbing and thinking they're being authentic, you know, uh, verbalizing their, their journey. And I'm thinking that's probably the most unwise thing you can do. It right. really is. I think deconstruction should happen within the confines of good people you trust, mm -hmm. um, the safety of wrestling with scripture, theology, um, being open to other um, varied opinions and uh, definitions of the theology. So that, that's a big one. I know mine, mine began a long time ago when, first of all, I did not know my identity. All right. I, th I thought God was with me never knew he lived in me. All right? right. Seven years into pastoring, when I became a senior pastor for the first time, was the first time I found out Christ lived in me. And then I found out I was actually forgiven. I thought, what? Wow. I know. Daddy likes you. That's amazing. <laughs> Stop oh. So that's, that, that, it just began with all that. So and I think a lot of people don't even know they're forgiven. A lot of people don't even know their identity. So when you hear people on the other side of deconstruction, uh, you know, calling out these, these atonement theories and talking about hell and all that stuff, um, they're, they're scaring the daylights out of people thinking, I don't want to deconstruct to that because there's a journey, there's a process. And I think if people realize that they aren't to look to everyone else, but look to Jesus. What is Jesus leading you to? It's just you and the shepherd. Quit looking at the other fields. <laughs> Suddenly, there's peace. And trust Papa to, to bring revelation to you. I remember um, as a pastor, I'm learning all this grace stuff for the first time. So I'm calling all these grace teachers and pastors trying to get answers because I'm a preacher. I'm supposed to have the answers, right? And so I'm trying and trying and trying and trying and trying. And finally, six months into this, God says, so how's it going on your own here? Trying to figure all this out. <laughs> what? He says, will you just stop it? and Let me show you and reveal to you what it is you need to know. Because you're trying to get certain things and you're not going to get them that way. I have to reveal it to you. That was tough because I'm primed and groomed and trained to be the leader, the, the inspirer, the, the pastor, whatever, the one everybody looks up to, the, the one who doesn't make mistakes. Oh my goodness, terrible setup. It is. And it's, that is an identity issue too, because if you it is. as a pastor and the one who has the answers, you can't afford not to have the answers. So yep. then you have to play at something that is not authentic and not life giving. And it, it uh, it's harmful for you and then ultimately could be harmful for your flock or whatever. <laughs> so one of the most spiritual answers you can give someone is, I don't know. Preach it. That's really However, good. here's the danger. The person receiving that answer may not be in that spiritual place either, or may not be in a spiritual place to receive that and want to look for somebody who does have the answer when really all those other people who think they have the answer don't have the answer. Right. So it works two ways. Well, it is. And, and God is leading both the, the teacher, the leader and the follower. You know, we're all being, I mean, the, the sons of God, the daughters of God are led by the spirit of God in them. And that's the place that is safe because he is a, he's a good shepherd. 
you know, he's, he's good. He takes care and he knows what we can handle when we can handle it. And sometimes I don't think pastors believe that. (laughs) I don't think pastors actually believe that because they think it's up to them. And that's such a burden, such, such a weight. I mean, no wonder there's so much burnout because you're carrying a weight that you're actually not designed to carry. You're the under shepherd of the good shepherd. And he's the one that carries the weight and you carry it with him hooked up with him. And that's pretty much in everything we do, whether it's pastor, any kind of a leader minister, but anything we do really is that whatever we're called to do in grace is supposed to be in conjunction with him taking his yoke upon us. Mm -hmm. I think learning from each other in a group uh, is a fantastic way to grow. Like I've got a uh, group that I meet with every Friday morning uh, in a private zoom call and uh, I'm not the teacher. And they've come to learn that everyone contributes, everyone shares their opinions safely, even weird questions that why, why would you ask that? Like, those are all safe. And it's taken two years for that trust to really be built. And we're truly learning from each other. I'm, I'm there to learn too and enjoy. Sure, I facilitate because you need a facilitator, but I'm not the teacher, which is big difference. You know, and that's great because then too, you can also pull truth out of people that you get from, yeah. you know, that you glean from. And that's such a... Hey, I preach sermons from that group. <laughs> so that is life-giving. That is like, you know, everybody in ministry needs a group like that where you're able, you know, not to be the expert to contribute, but not be the expert um, and also receive and have it safe to have not have all the answers and not, yeah. and, and, you know, all of that. So that's, that's such a healthy, healthy thing. You know, well, so, it, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go well, I was going to ask you in your deconstruction process, as God was kind of leading you through uh, things, how, you know, someone is just kind of starting to grapple with some things and maybe sensing like, I don't know, is this, is this right? You know, what, what, um, what advice would you give them as they're kind of grappling with some of the um, kind of bigger issues, you know? Well, I know for individuals that are questioning things, they're going to have more questions. It's not just one question. That question, once it's asked, the dominoes begin to fall and a whole line of questions follow that. And that can be really scary. Mm -hmm. So I would suggest that for whatever question you have, there is a hope filled perspective on that. And that's critical. Uh, It doesn't mean all the answers you hear are correct. But the next answer you do here will lead you closer to the real answer that's going to bring peace to your heart. Because I think if if the answers aren't being peaceful to you, it's not the final answer. You can you can chill. And by the way, none of them are final. Uh, I'm not done my deconstruction. In fact, deconstruction is a nice word to use in the front end, but really you're being discipled into Christ. That's really what's going on. Not deconstruction is not the flag to put on the top of your church. Um, but to have a place in the church, so to speak, which is the body of Christ, you and me, uh, where you can actually identify, look, these are some areas that are really tough that, that we need to revisit that the church has never allowed us to question. Well, I am now questioning the answers that are, have been given to me my entire life. And I think that's important. We've never questioned them. We weren't allowed to, but now I'm questioning what was spoon fed to me. It's like, wait a minute. And unfortunately, the list grows quickly. And each time, every single time, I have found that there is a good answer, even though I don't know all the answers to stuff. Mm -hmm. There is a good perspective out there. Wow. In the early church history, in great teachers today, in uh, somebody who works at Walmart and blogs and has a revelation shared, they're speaking the gospel and revelation to everyone. And yet they're not a great teacher which is overrated. So we need to not just look to the, to the big wigs because mm-hmm. some of them are really humble and they're great. They're, they're, it's fine. But others, they just love to f- keep, keep telling me, no, 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 that's bad. No, no, keep going. No, no, no. Don't tell me anymore. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for so, sure. but I, I think the D de- go ahead. Sorry. You I go ahead. The pause, <laughs> the delay. Uh, well, I think one of the things that also helps are, there are some things that you really do know. Like if, if you can start to camp out in base in the real basics of a, a relational God and really get, get settled in who you are in that God that you're adored, forgiven, loved. I mean, these are things that's really important to grapple with. Then you can bear the weight of maybe some of the more 
existential questions, yep. right? Um, and all that kind of thing. But I do think there's a place in your knower where you are known by God and God knows you. And that's the yep. place where peace is going to be ministered as you're, as you're, you know, following, trying to figure this stuff out. I mean, the, the sons and daughters of God are led by the spirit of God and he leads by the spirit of peace. Even if there's, and if you don't feel that peace, the answer is not finished yet. Exactly. And even, even though I've given people a response that I believe was very true, mm -hmm. but to them, it's, I don't feel peace about that. That's fine. That means you have more things to unpack. You have more clutter in your in your toolbox than you thought. And some things have to come out. And you're gonna have the same answer in six months and go, wow, that makes sense now. Because <laughs> right. you weren't ready. Right. And that's true. And there is a timing. And I think it's important to be humble and realize that whatever God is we're grappling on with God doesn't mean that everyone else is that's got to be what they grapple with. And I think we need to be um, sensitive to people in their process and just not blow everything to smithereens. kind. Right? Yeah, exactly. Because it's a tender thing and people do get shaken and, and all of that. And, 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 and God is kind and, and, and gentle, even if he's firm and convicting us on whatever, he's gentle and he's kind, he's love, and he's patient and leads us where we need to go. Uh, I th and I think we need to, you know, we're supposed to be like him as he is well, we yep. i think if you've grown up in church for any period of time um you're going to see some things that are like wait a minute i'm not sure if i really believe that mm -hmm. that to me is what deconstruction is or what? the journey of discipleship where you continue to unpack like whatever's put into your bag of theology uh from this church this denomination your parents whoever um, there's going to come a time where stuff's going to have to be put out, pulled back out. Say, Wait a minute, that was never true to begin with, but let's put in something that makes more sense and will show you more historically and biblically what that is. Mm -hmm. and, and there are categories out there that are going to scare people, but I think you just hit on the one of the number one things is who is God. That's probably one of the biggest deconstructions and reconstruction projects that has to happen. Otherwise, you won't trust them. Exactly. And he's the one that's supposed to lead you. And so that's what needs to be healed. That's our whole perspective of, of who God is and can he be trusted? And, and he, is he big? You know, sometimes he's gentle, but powerless. And sometimes he's, you know, powerful, but freaky, <laughs> you know, scary. And all of that needs to be healed and something that um, is true with who he is as a person and, and in your relationship with him. And, and it, from that place, it will bear weight to question all manner of things because you are known and you know this person that 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 really has your best interest at heart that really yep. doing that safe. well i grew up believing god was a god of wrath and anger um and to find out that there's a another wider deeper meaning for the word wrath that i was never told about um and, and th throughout most of the church especially the western church the eastern church doesn't see it like that but the western church does so if you're baptist pentecostal you name it it's all it's same historical background and so to find out that god is actually love not has love but is love because i always thought love was an attribute of god an app that you download okay today i'm going to use love and i want patience today that's not it when we find out god's essence is love and everything he is is love um it the, remember i talked about the dominoes the next domino that you may articulate or not articulate or realize it'll point to why you're having trouble with this that god is love is the scriptures like wait a minute but this says the bible says and that now we must revisit what is the authority of scripture? What does the word infallible mean? Who made that up to begin with? How did our Bible come together? And here's the scary part. People are going to become afraid. And this is where I have been afraid. Oh, don't you take away my Bible because there's something I know there's truth here. Um, and that's not what this is about. This isn't about ripping away a source. It's about um, revisiting and looking deeper into content because it's 66 books it's not one book yes, there's no yes, such thing yes. as one book called the bible mm -hmm. right we've made that up not not god mm -hmm. so it's time to take a look at how those books were uh, introduced into faith the knowledge they had available to them at that time um and then what's available today like even if you take a look at some of the authors of our new testament we we're told in bible college that so and so wrote this and this and this and this 
well, now we're finding out that the authors may not be who we were told it was, but does that matter? It is inspired. Like this, that's where the deconstruction of scripture is critical and not to be made afraid of. Um, I believe the word of God is infallible. And when he was 18, he grew a beard. <laughs> you know, Brad Jerzak, you yeah, know, exactly. the okay. word of God, capital W is Jesus, not the written text, because otherwise you got to start going back. Okay. Which translation, which variation, which text did they come from? Which papyrus did they, uh, uh, were they uh, translated from? You're, you're going to have to, and, and which variation that didn't have errors. Yeah. So it doesn't diminish faith. If you're not allowed to ask the questions, they're hiding something. Exactly. Exactly. So I think, I think that can be a really scary one. So I, I would tell people, don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid because Jesus didn't need a Bible to bring truth to anyone. All right. The written Bible didn't even come available till whenever, you know, like I think in when, when was the first Gutenberg Bible printed for the people? That was in what, 1600, 1500, yeah. 1400? I thought it was a 15. Something like that. I don't remember. I'm yeah. not that great at history. Yeah. No, so, what happened to those people who didn't have the word of God? Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, they had the word. He was just a person that engaged with them, the same word that you get yeah. to engage with. And then that also there to highlight what is valuable in the written word that points to him as the word. And, you know, and how we handle that. And so, and, and, and so the beautiful thing is that as you start to navigate through that, um, you're able to appreciate the richness of it, but not be in bondage to the things that, you know, that are, um, are, are not pointing to Christ that, that, you know, that scripture makes me afraid of God. Well, that's not pointing to accurately to the God who is the word. Right. I, I have a value of how it of, of that particular scripture that does, it's like that's who, who he is not. Well, the same scriptures that you've read for years can suddenly have a whole new meaning. It can come alive in 3D in a way you never saw coming. And uh, I, I think people need to know there is hope. There is a better understanding. Uh, it's not that we're without answers. Just because you don't know the answer or people around you don't know the answer, there is. It just may have to be put on the back burner. Like an example for me, um, End Times was a really big deal for me growing up. I, you know, watched all those scary movies, Distant Thunder and you know, Thief of the Night. Home and no one's home. You're like, did they? Were they yeah. Home? Hey, listen, I came home and I, I my parents aren't home. Did, I, did the rapture happen? I really, really thought that a lot more often than I want to admit, but I was groomed into that, right? So this end times theology, um, I didn't understand it. I couldn't figure out how the teachers that were teaching at the time did aerodynamic back flicks, flips and gymnastics through scriptures, connecting Daniel, the revelation to this, to this, to this, to this. I'm thinking, oh, okay, we give up. Now we have to lay uh, and, and just respect whatever they say as true because clearly they must be smart right right and so we gave in to that and, and didn't question it because who are we they would just come back with a, an, an intimidating answer right so i put that on the back burner and over the last uh 10 years wow some of that stuff has been called up to the front burner I said no no now i'm ready to show you because people ask me to preach on end times and uh, it's like I can't until I have a conviction. I refuse to and cannot teach something I don't believe. I just can't uh, until I wrestle with it. Right. Sorry? To parrot it back out, right? So yeah, I'm not a parrot. First. Yeah. Yeah, people know me. And I've been accused of being a parrot of other teachers. Oh, you're just parroting what so-and-so said. You don't know me. <laughs> you know, I am learning myself. I am wrestling with this. So the end times thing, I did a series called the hope filled perspective on end times. And it was a two part series that I was scared that Sunday because it was way out of my gatehouse, right. but I knew what I was sharing was an incredibly new perspective that we weren't told. And so that began the next thing. So if I had to deconstruct forgiveness that I am fully forgiven, that Christ is actually in me, that God is love, that end times is not what I was told, then how much more is there? Right? Okay, I can trust God with all the other questions, because then hell came up. You know, right. what about hell? You don't believe in hell anymore. Well, I do, but it's not quite defined the same way you think it is. Right? So, mm -hmm. pardon? 
the way we've been taught, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So no, I do not believe in eternal torment, uh, conscious torment. Um, I think there is a better perspective. And honestly, here's what's embarrassing. For those that are so steeped in that typical traditional picture, it's so blatantly obvious that it's not true that they are so plugging their ears and shutting their eyes because, oh, don't tell me that because they're so they're addicted to fear. Yeah. Right. Right. It's true. Well, and, and then also they're on honestly, and a lot of times your own wrath, because if you want people to get theirs, right. Yep. yep. <laughs> right. Oh, and, payback. Oh yeah. Right. And so because we're so like Jesus. Right. Exactly. And so, you know, sometimes we, so much of what we project onto God or project onto theology is just kind of what's in our own hearts. So when it doesn't look like love, doesn't look like patience, kindness, gentleness, all of yep. that, well, ding to ding, ding, something's wrong because yep. that's not reflecting a lovely God So the f- for his kids instead of demanding sacrifice, obedience, and, and I'm going to roast you if it doesn't work. Yeah. Yep. So for me, the fruit of, if you want to use the word deconstruction for now, the fruit of deconstruction, I believe and this, uh, this, oh, I'll stand on this. No problem. If it doesn't make God bigger and better, if it doesn't make you more loving, something's wrong. So the answers must point to becoming a more loving person and more gentle. People are becoming angry in their journeys. Well, that's good, but don't create a ministry platform for that and hurt all kinds of other people. Stop it. This is learn quietly. There's a lot more quiet learning that we're called to in scripture than we are blatantly trumpeting it. And nobody wants to read those verses because they're not sexy. Well, no, and that's really true. And, and, and the thing is, whatever our own internal processes, if there's something, you know, that's, that, 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 that comes up, that's anger or whatever, we don't need to, we can work through that in, in community, but in safe community, we can work that through that with God, obviously. Um, but, you know, um, uh, creating a platform about that is basically about your own personal angst and and that's ego. not a jesus ministry and your ego right mm. and, and 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 shock value and all of that kind of thing and that's not really that's not a building other up ministry that's not a drawing people together ministry that's not a ministry of love it's something else but it's not jesus and we have well to- for you i would ask you what what ha- from the things you have learned so far, even some of the newer things in the last, let's say five years, some of the big pillar items that are like, huh, that I've really reshaped my thinking on some of that. What has that done for you when you meet others that are on the same journey? Does it make you condescending or what does it make you what? Like, I, I, I know what you're going to answer, but. No, I get excited because we have a fellow sojourner who, who are, who, who are struggling and grappling and, you know, and then we're kind of in this together and we're also growing in the knowledge of him. And since he is so gorgeous, right, we are growing in the knowledge of this beautiful person and becoming unveiled with who we are that looks just like him. And so, which means that I can look through a lens of seeing you as a, a brother that, you know, is, is amazing and I can champion you and, and just, enjoy. It's a, you know, Jesus prayed that we would be one as he and the father were one. So us pulling together uh, in, in oneness, not because necessarily we agree on everything, but we do agree on the, the major things. Um, and then to be able to enjoy one another and enjoy what the, what the other person's carrying because we're not in competition. But it's um, made you, it's made right? you less judgmental. Oh, yes. Right? Well, like that's... previously, uh, if you're anything like me, sorry, I've had times where I just flatly say, you are so wrong. I'm right. And here's why you're wrong. And I don't, that being really blunt, but in my attitude, I would have thought, oh boy, you got a long way to go person when really I'm the one who's been misjudging them and I'm not approachable for them to come to and learn. So every time I'm learning and growing in my, in my journey, uh, the awakening of, to who God is and what the scriptures mean even more, that's a, a better way to see all this instead of deconstruction as, as, as you're awakening more and more um, it's making you more loving, caring, understanding. Uh, you don't have to point out everything to everybody all the time. You don't have to be the answer person. See how smart I am. I called you out on that line. Cause that was so wrong. See everybody. Look, I've got the answers come to me. Wow. And you can't see that until you've gone through it. And on the other side. <laughs> oh, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> but you know, I mean, in some ways, 
it's kind of good to be embarrassed because we're, we're able just to see that people we're humble and that we're, um, that we're, um, you know, we're being unveiled into something that's more solid, more secure, more loving, more patient, more kind, and uh, the image and likeness of the person who is love. And so, uh, you know, and that's where our greatest impact is. And sometimes our greatest impact is just to keep our mouth shut and listen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and not, yeah, not but that's hard to do for some people. It is hard for the copies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, this, this journey is so important, and I don't think people should be afraid of it. I also don't think they should buy into the hook, line, and sinker of what churchianity is, is uh, sharing every week. If you're still eating the regurgitated, pre-chewed food Sunday to Sunday, get out. Like, I'm sorry. It, to me, that just sounds gross because it's supposed to be gross, right? Uh, you, you, your beliefs haven't changed. There's a problem. I, and I say this often. If you have not changed your perspective of God and his love in the last five years, 10 years, 20 years, something's wrong. And some people balk at me and say, what do you mean? I, nothing's changed. I'm, God doesn't change. Oh, boy. And I don't argue anymore. I just got it. Peace. <laughs> he doesn't change. You're right. <laughs> but we may need some changing. <laughs> Our perspectives may. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. That may be a thing. Yeah. So anyway, I don't, I'd, I'd say folks, don't be afraid to deconstruct yeah. because the reconstruction's fun, especially when those aha moments come, when the light comes on, uh, on a topic that you never thought you would see differently, then you become more teachable and more gentle to others that are struggling with other questions. Beautiful. It's beautiful. I think, I, I really think this is part of, uh, Holy Spirit's conforming us into the image of Christ. And, we, and in order to do that, we have to see him right. We have to understand him rightly, understand ourselves rightly. That's that identity piece, yep. and image and likeness, uh, and then letting him lead us and guide us into all truth. And you know what? He's really good at his job. So Really uh, good. Yes. <laughs> well, it's true. I've, I've asked people, do you think God's big enough to get your attention? Or is God big enough to get the attention of your loved one you're praying for that you want to see them get saved? Is he big enough? Yes or no. Yes. Their answer reveals their faith. It's true. And if you're carrying that on yourself, you're carrying on such a weight that will break you down. That yep. will break you down. And oh my and, and by the way, that breaking down yeah. is something that shouldn't have been there anyway. Exactly. So we, can't, we should not be afraid of that kind of, I'll use the word brokenness. We should not be afraid of that breaking process because it's chipping away those things that are not of our true self anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Those got to go. And then, we're, and then we're able to be unveiled and revealed as we truly are from mm. original design, which is, which is so solid. You don't have to, you don't have to work to be you when you're tracking with who you really are. It's true. You can rest. And that's, that's, you know, we're, we're called to operate from rest, be productive and fruitful from rest. And um, rest doesn't mean inactive, right? Oh gosh, no. Mm -mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We work from the place of rest yes. and yes. Jesus is our rest. It's him that does the work through us. He, he inspires us. He gives us the power to do it. And he is the result of whatever he's doing. It's, it's sounds like it's all him. It really is. And that, that gives a lot of peace. And, and it also helps you navigate through the long haul because, you know, we're not, we're not done with this yet and God's not yep. done with us. And so uh, that allows us to just continue uh, doing what we're supposed to be doing and not get burnt out and all of those different things that crop up when we're relating to ourselves and, and God and one another in, in fallen quote unquote ways. Yeah. So love that. Well, any final words for our deconstruction journey or discipleship journey? It's God's in charge of your journey. So whether you want to deconstruct or not, it's up to him, not you. So, um, and you don't have to be afraid. That's the, the key thing. I think when the angels came each time to, to surprise people, boo, you know, I can't believe them not being afraid, but they always said, fear not. And we don't need to fear this deconstruction. So when you have other religious voices telling you and warning you, don't do that. They're dangerous. Don't read that book. Don't watch that book. Those are not the voices of God. God can walk through all of that stuff without fear. He's not allergic to the world and the world's problems. <laughs> he's not, you know, he's not like, oh, this is too much for me. 
Absolutely. And he's able to help you navigate and he, uh, he, he will use whatever needs to be used in order to, to help you with your process. Yeah. That's a, he's and you may, and you may move on from one, let's say you have a certain teacher that uh, you've been learning from for a long time. God will bring you to someone else. And then you might think, well, the other one was wrong. No, they weren't wrong. They were speaking to you at that time for your journey. So quit spitting on the previous ones who spoke into your life. I have oh, intent things in your life. Sorry. They've all deposited yeah. things in your life. Yeah. Yeah. They've deposited things that uh, create what you, where you are now. I've made a purposeful attempt at thanking leaders from my past. The Sunday school teachers went to bump into them, thanking them for their care. Uh, pastors who inspired me, um, uh, leaders, teachers, I, giving thanks for where they were in my journey. Some of them, their theology, if they saw what I believe now, they go, well, I didn't train you for that. But doesn't matter. You had the love of Christ coming out of you. And this is hard to do because it's easy to get mad at the previous church we were at, you know, and find all the faults in them. And say, no, no, no. If you're doing that, you're, your eyes are off Jesus. Stop it. Exactly. So I'd say, don't be afraid mm -hmm. and keep your eyes focused on Christ. Absolutely. And he, he, he'll keep you safe in your journey. And then we can value one another with what we do deposit in one another and not demand perfection that we've all arrived. <laughs> so it's true. Yeah. Well, it is a pleasure, as always, Mike, to uh, to chat with you. Everybody, you need to look up Mike. Where can they reach you, Mike, if they uh, want to? Um, the easiest would be hopefellowshipycc.com or growingingrace.ca. Um, growingingrace.ca is the ministry that I do a lot of my teaching uh, to Canada and worldwide. And Hope Fellowship is the church I pastor. So we're kind of hooked at, at the waist. Um, but that's the best. Look up my name on YouTube. I have tons of stuff on there and, and I'm Facebook Live like like Catherine. Catherine and I are both on the on the uh, Facebook group. Um, oh, shoot. Help me now. Online Ministry Alliance. That's Global it. Online Ministry Alliance. Goma. Thank you. <laughs> Just a moment of pause. That's okay. You're not the first, but yeah. It's yeah a long but there's a, collectic, collect, a collection of teachers there that teach. Not everybody teaches exactly the same thing, but we're still very passionate about Jesus and we're not against anything each other is saying per se. And I think that's important to hear other voices. So it is, it is excellent. Well, Mike, it's been a joy. It's always a pleasure. Uh, everybody, make sure you check out Mike and all he's got just a ton of stuff out there. And as always, keep on keep on growing in grace. Right. And uh, yeah, nobody's arrived. Absolutely. We all get to grow. And that's just part of the joy of the journey. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for tuning in. And everybody have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. All righty. I, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. That was really, really fun. Uh, Catherine is so easy to chat with. She's passionate. And uh, I tell you, um, there's, there's many more conversations to come. Well, I want to wrap this up with uh, some stuff I've been chewing on since I did that interview with her. Uh, so I'll call it deconstruction wisdom. And uh, uh, for some of you watching right now, I think you're going to really enjoy this. Lisa, thank you for commenting. And uh, Sandra, thank you for commenting as well. Uh, your comments are a lot of fun. I see them here. I might try and come back and address them as we just before I end. If I can't, I'm sorry, but I'll, I'll try. Okay, deconstruction. This is going to be really, really important. The, the term deconstruction does not mean destruction. Really important you know that because uh, when when we start to hear the term deconstruction, we think, oh no, we're going to destroy everything we believe. No, it's not about destruction, all right? Um, really important. And Bill Thrasher said, the real point is that deconstruction has a connotation towards destroying the supporting building blocks, whereas other terms seem more in, in, uh, intentional about breaking them down in a mindful fashion so that they can be rebuilt into something much stronger, more stable. So he likes the term uh, disassembly. Great word. Lisa, who's been uh, commenting on the Facebook uh, link here, uh, she, she likes the idea of dismantling. And the uh, man, M-A-N, is the capital in the word dismantling, which taking the man out, taking ego out, taking flesh out. Uh, and, and I'll address that in a moment, too, because the stuff that's being dismantled, 
was never true in the first place. Uh, I like the term renovation. We're doing a renovation project. There's times where uh, somebody builds a house and uh, you have to go in and redo the kitchen. And suddenly you realize the previous builders didn't do it up to code. My buddy Rudy in, in Alberta is discovering that when he had a water leak and he's, he's having trouble because he's it's been revealed underneath the drywall, whatever, that somebody didn't do so, some stuff right. So now they're gonna correct the problem the foundation of the house is fine, but there's some elements that have to be changed so it's safer. Anyway, it's very interesting. Um, I also call it authentic discipleship. That's what deconstruction is. It's actually discipleship. It's learning and unlearning. And I promise you, unlearning is far more painful and likely far more difficult. Um, the deconstruction is really maturing your language and terminology as you grow from stage to stage. If you were part of the program, uh, I think a week or two ago, um, with, uh, Bill Thrasher and, uh, Richard Murray, we talked about the stages of growth to child, young adult, adult, and the language we use at different stages and the things we see and believe in our perspectives as it changes from stage to stage. That That's really what deconstruction is. It should be going on. So here's some wisdom. I've got 11 points. It was supposed to be five, but now it's 11 points of if you're in the journey of deconstruction <coughs> or questioning oh no, what's going on? Uh, is there? Can I trust anything that I've believed? Here's some stuff. Number one, grow in a safe place with trusted people. Um, follow, tr these people are people that will allow you to um, uh, ask questions. Every wrong question and every wrong response, there's room. So make sure you find some people, whether it's an online forum. I know there's some deconstruction groups online. Some of them are great. Some are actually unhelpful because they're just filled with anger and rage. And Lisa was referring to that on Facebook comments. And I agree. I'll address that in a moment. So find a safe place to grow in uh, and safe people. Um, number two, don't process your growth on social media. Oh my goodness. Don't do it. And here's a quote I, I heard uh, online it said, otherwise you will bleed on those who didn't cut you. <laughs> I know too many people who have processed their spiritual deconstruction publicly online as it was happening. Super unwise. Oh my goodness. It's probably the most immature thing you can do. You may not realize it at the time, but man, hindsight, you go, oh, what did I do? And you turn, in fact, those individuals tend to become more bitter than anyone I've met. Uh, number three. Careful as you process publicly using terms like us versus them, or I used to be with that church or group, but now, oh, I'm so much wiser. <laughs> it's immature language and just reveals your own immaturity. Uh, I have done it. I've done it in the pulpit. I, my wife has called me out on it. Say, hey, uh, to keep saying I used to believe, um, which I think there's room for comparisons. There really is because we learn by comparisons. But to imply us versus them, don't do that, okay? We, we're, we're not called to do that, so be careful with your language. Number four, don't declare any new revelations, at least new to you, okay? Because that's what these are. Oh, I've got a revelation. This is new. This is incredible. This is like nobody's heard this before. Yes, they have. Just because it's new to you doesn't mean it's new, really new. It's actually old. <laughs> You're discovering an old ancient truth. Uh, don't declare these new revelations until you have processed them and wrestle with them. That's hard to do because there's a giddy excitement when we hear good news. And I've done it. I've, hey, did you hear about this? And really, uh, I've had to go back and revisit some of it and realize, oh, there's still some categories in that topic that um, are not processed yet. So... Be careful with that. Number five, shock statements tend to be very unhelpful. Usually it's a call for attention, ego. And once you start, you're going to need to become more and more shocking until you are, listen to this, you become unbelievable, annoying, and not trusted. So watch it with those shock statements. Certain personality types like to use shock statements like, there is no hell. Well, okay. This, things like that are unhelpful. Who are you trying to tick off and whose attention are you trying to get? Are you trying to tick off the religious group that uh, believes there is a hell? Well, uh, hang on. Is, is, do you really need to declare that? Just, I think your motives need to be challenged. And I have had two years of learning of, 
my motives. And it's been very humbling, a very humbling journey. So don't use the shock statements as a pattern. They're unhelpful. I know there's some people that are doing that. I wish you would stop. You're, you're not helping people who are trying to grow. Uh, number six, do your responses uh, to others blow up bridges or do you keep access open? Are you a bridge builder or a destroyer? Do you shoot down people and, and write them off and instant block and blah, blah, blah? Now, I can understand blocking people that are just being harsh and unteachable and just challenging you and you're exhausted. You have every right to do that. However, there are some people who their attitude is about blowing up and fighting, debating for the sake of, of just debate. Now, there are people that enjoy a good debate. But there are also wise ways to debate, not with intent to make yourself look bigger and better, all right, instead of God. Number seven, uh, the thing that is, and we covered this in the, in the uh, interview, the thing that's being deconstructed, dismantled, or replaced is something that was never true to begin with. We shouldn't be afraid of losing our foundations or the foundations that have been placed into us. That's a really important one. Number eight, fear can cause you to stop learning. Don't worry. You won't deconstruct Jesus. All right? He won't let you. <laughs> this is huge. The Trinity won't let you. They are big enough to get your attention and big enough to keep you. Okay? Don't be afraid. Uh, number nine. Uh, while it may seem like a scary slippery slope, because that's what people tell you, oh, you're in a slippery slope, you're going to end in um, uh, universalism or or new age and all these all these uh, threatening terms that get thrown at you. Don't be scared by this. There is a better hope-filled perspective out there that may that you may not be aware of yet, and it's likely more ancient than you know. There is hope. Number ten. The maturing process is not something you do or search for. It finds you. So <laughs> this idea of deconstructing, it's going to find you. You're just going to be drawn to it. It's like a magnetic <laughs> tractor beam getting sucked into it. You can't help it because God has a plan. He's working on growing you and maturing you. All it is is a maturing process. That's all deconstruction is. And some people don't sound very mature as they process it publicly and all that. And lastly, uh, number 11, point people to Jesus to grow, not you. Uh, you are not trying to build a platform or fill your ego. You are pointing everyone to, to learn from Jesus. And I wrote that point at the very end because I heard myself say something there in the interview that, oh, that's not what I meant, but I heard how it sounded. I talked about then people having people come to me to learn. Uh, I know that's going to happen because my role is, is like a, I'm, I'm in that teaching role, but I am not the source of truth. So we need to point G to Jesus, point people to Jesus to grow. This is a really, really big deal. So don't be afraid. Um, enjoy the journey. Hang on tight. There's much to learn. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, Sandra, thank you for saying hello there. I'm going to just run back and uh, do a quick hello. Uh, Lisa, yep. Here we go. Uh, this last part isn't on the YouTube version, right? Uh, I'm live right now. Yes, I'm live. Hi, Lisa. I'm actually responding to your text. This is live. So the interview is pre-recorded. This is live, live, new, brand new. Um, absolutely, for sure. And Sandra in the UK, I hope you uh, find me on Facebook and say hello. I'd like to see what kind of church you're at. Uh, uh, apparently, she's a pastor and is on the journey. So yeah, see, Lisa, I am real. Oh, hey, Kirk. Yeah, dude. Yes, it's point to Jesus. He's in charge of what is actually true and whether we see things differently. So what? I've got people that are friends that don't agree with me. Fine. They can still be friends. We just got to learn not to fight. Um, we need to learn to be loving and not burn the bridges. And I've, I've unfortunately burned some bridges and I've had to go back and repent. And I've had the honor of rebuilding um, uh, some bridges that needed to be mended that I didn't know. I did not know the underlying judgment ahead of others um, because I just knew so much better than they did. So I hope these 11 points of um, uh, wisdom for the journey will <clears throat> impact your heart. You may have to rewind after I go off air. 
and re-listen to them. Um, I'm going to keep this list growing and reword it and edit and, and make it a little easier to understand. This is just my first within, it was 11 points were created this morning um, in light of what I'd been listening to. So anyway, uh, dumb question alert. What's that? Um, I'm going to assume be ready for dumb questions. <laughs> well, no questions are dumb. It means somebody's actually wondering about a certain topic or thing. So I'm not sure what you meant there, but I'm going to have a hunch. It's something like that. All right, that's it, folks. It is uh, time to run. I've got a crazy day. Um, there's there's hope. There's good news. And uh, Jesus is the journey, not the steps. All right? It's really cool. All right, have a really good one. I hope you guys are fantastically enjoying uh, your journeys. Make sure you share love with others. Be kind to others, especially in this pandemic time. I, I got to tell you this. This is, I'll end with this. Um, I'm. Uh, I, this COVID time has caused more division than I ever thought, and uh, I, I'm going to try and address this either on a Sunday or on a separate live chat uh, because there, there's some things I've learned and heard from others. That I thought, that's really important to remember, not forget. So we're going to address that because uh, let's not burn the bridges to people who think differently than us. Um, versus conspiracy theorists versus non-anti-vaxxers uh, versus vax, all that stuff. Anti-government versus government, all that stuff. Let us not add more divisions among us as believers. If you're on any of those pages or any of those groups, make sure your terminology doesn't burn the bridge to the other person and create an unnecessary fight. Let it go. Just love the person. That's it's gonna be hard to do. But my goodness, we've been equipped to love each other better and better. Folks, have a really good day. Um, I think, uh, oh, hey, <clears throat> yeah, Kirk, I see you said that. Um, uh, uh, done, to, done that too. We do need we do need to encourage, reprove, and rebuke our fellow brothers. Well, yes and no. Um, encourage, yes. Reprove and rebuke, no. You don't. Um, there's no need to do that unless the Holy Spirit tells you. And likely, it's not the Holy Spirit. It's likely ego, uh, trying to be more right than someone else. Uh, as pastor, I know that. <laughs> Pastors think they have to do the rebuking and reproving and call everybody into an answer. Think that to shepherd their flock when, uh, hang on, uh, they're not the shepherd. Okay, uh, we need to point everyone to Jesus, just like Kirk said. Um, ultimately, we need, we serve others, not ourselves. When it comes to yes, that's true. We're here to love one another, serve one another. Who can outserve the other? That's what's going on here. But the idea of rebuking uh, and reproving, no. Even the Holy Spirit doesn't convict us of sin. Did I just say that? That's right. The Holy Spirit does not convict us of sin. The Holy Spirit convicts us of our righteousness. And watch what happens when that happens. We'll, we'll get into that one another time. All right, everyone. If you've commented, let me know where you're from. Uh, find me on Facebook and friend me. I'd like to uh, continue conversations. Um, come back next week for another great conversation. Uh, I don't know what the topic will be yet, but it's going to be fun. So over now, everyone, you guys have a fantastic day. Thank you for chiming in. Uh, look forward to the next time that we can uh, see each other and chat. Join me next time on Still Growing in Grace for more good news. Enjoy previous episodes by downloading our podcast at growingingrace.ca. You can also visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, please consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca and help us keep spreading this good news. Thank you again for tuning in to Still Growing in Grace.